Room Captain Mandrake speaking. Listen to me carefully. The base is being put on condition red. Jolly good idea. I keep the men on their toes. Group Captain, I'm afraid this is not an exercise. Oh, hell. It appears that the order called for the planes to uh, attack their targets inside Russia. This man is obviously a psychotic. The doomsday machine. What is that? A device which will destroy all life on Earth. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Dr. Strangelove. How is it possible for them to have built such a thing? It is not only possible, it is essential. Dimitri, there's no point in you getting hysterical at a moment like this. I wish we had one of them doomsday machines, Tracy. Welcome to Fine Movies, Fine Spirits, uh, where today I'm drinking a, has nothing to do with this movie, a cold, cool can of Narragansett beer. It's been in my fridge for about 11 months, uh, and I'm here today, wait a minute, let me take a sip, mm, I want to go kill a shark. I'm here today to talk about the 1964 film, Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, directed by Stanley Kubrick. Screenplay by Stanley Kubrick, Terry Southern, and Peter George, based on a the Peter George book, Red Scare, and starring Peter Sellers, George C. Scott, Peter Sellers, Sterling Hayden, Slim Pickens, and Peter Sellers. Uh, but I'm not here alone doing it, as always. Uh, joining me this evening is a man who believes that fluoridation is the most monstros monstrously conceived and dangerous communist plot we have ever had to face, Mr. Christopher Mars, how are you doing tonight? And what are you drinking? I'm doing well, Michael. Thank you. I am uh, drinking some pure Russian vodka oh. on the rocks. Here we go. On the rocks. Very good. I Very wish good. I was drinking, you know, grain alcohol with rainwater. Obviously. <laughs> and joining Christopher and myself is a man who doesn't appreciate my introduction, so he doesn't fucking get one. Our own personal doomsday device, Mr. David Corsetto. What are you drinking? I'm drinking the same as cursed really yes very very good so folks dr strange love um i i have a feeling i i know i don't know chris's answer to this question i have a feeling i know dave's question to this answer to this question first time you ever saw it me sure you go with you first uh last week very good and mr morris Ma my first time, I believe, was I was I think I was living in Sycamore Road, so I was probably sixteen or seventeen, so eighty six or eighty seven. The seventies. Oh, the eighties. Okay. Yeah, you <laughs> son of a. So, um, I I was asking my brother. I was asking John today. I remember we used to watch it all the time, whether it was Cox Lane or Sycamore Road. So he says he mostly Sycamore Road. So, before the 
the bizarro Brady Bunch got together. Yeah, before so, the other the, the other host moved in on your territory. Yeah, that's probably why Dave never saw it. But it's uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a staple. It was something we watched over and over again. Yeah, this was it wasn't a staple for me. I didn't get introduced to it until college. I was either in some film history or media something class, and we watched it in that, and I was like. I was I knew right away. I could tell that it was a great movie and a classic. And yet, I don't think I watched it ever again since then until watching it for this podcast, if you can believe that. But I'm always like, oh, that's a great movie. Yet, you know, one time viewing until now, a two time viewing. So, uh, I getting the sense as we were talking earlier that Dave didn't love this movie, which is I think it's good that we are we're, we're not always finally. You know, we're not always in step completely about how we rave about every movie. I mean, I, he's it's, wrong, not I but... it's not that I didn't love. I, all right, I didn't love the movie. It was hard to get through the first time, but like you said, I think a couple of days ago, like you got to watch it again. And so I watched it again today, and I definitely appreciated the Peter Sellers scenes far more today than I did the last time watching it. So I guess that's gotcha. a positive. Well, I hadn't seen it. To be honest, I hadn't seen it in years, um, and I do admit it's not completely rewatchable as far as as some of the, you know, the, the logistical scenes. That the actually great, greatly shot by Kubrick. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna ask Michael if he was gonna pronounce him Kubrick the whole podcast. While I this, while I said it, I go, I'm sure I'm fucking this up. I you know, know what? I, I and you know, I'm gonna do something like throughout the whole podcast that I'm going to say we fucking moron if I listen back to it too. So, but anyways, so Kubrick, I think did a great job. So originally, apparently it was supposed to be a drama, you know, the, the book the was book is, yeah. dramatic and failsafe was also developed, uh, adapted from that same book. And there was a couple of different lawsuits. They had to, Kubrick had to sue, the people making failsafe to delay the start of that because that's oh, a really? dramatic movie on the same book. Um, but I guess, you know, I don't know if he and his screenwriter eventually were like, this, this is, this is very bleak. You know what I mean? The whole plot, obviously the whole idea of the movie. And then they're like, it's almost funny how stupid they were saying, yeah, it's almost like politicians. So dumb. And it's like, it's, it's almost funny and making it a black comedy. I thought was a great move. I think it's Kubrick's only comedy really, unless you count full metal jacket. <laughs> I was going to say clockwork orange, but clockwork either or. yeah. so yeah, that's one thing I love about Kubrick is one of my favorite directors. He's just, his movies are so different. All, you know, the shining, you know, clockwork orange. It's like he made a bunch early on that I'm like, I don't know that. And then all of a sudden it goes bing, boom, boom, boom. The Spartacus even, yeah. but he made yeah. some really good early ones called uh, a movie called The Killing with that starred um, that starred the general. Yes. The, I'm, having a, I'm having a brain cramp already. Um, the um, Jack D. Ripper. Yes. Yeah. That's that starred him. Um you're going to have to look him up right now because... Is that Sterling Hayden, right? It's Sterling Hayden, yeah. yeah. Sterling Hayden, who was supposed to be Quint, actually. Oh, really? In Jaws, yes. But I he can, had, like, tax issues. He, he, he lived yeah. an amazing life. I'm sorry, what, Dave? I can see him doing that role. Yeah, yes, that, definitely. Yeah. Well, it's funny. He went to school in Maine. He, he I, I 
watched a little clip about his life. Amazing. He was he was a a commander in the navy, I think. He yeah. he had he captained his own ships. He did all sorts of things, in, you know, be- between acting and then finally he just went into acting. So, and he was a fantastic uh, in The Godfather too. He was classic. Some classic <laughs> movies for Sterling. But um, hey, do we so, do a yeah. ding when he brings up The Godfather? Ding every every episode. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's uh, that's too, it's going to be tough to bring that up for next week, but you know it's possible. It's definitely possible. So, but what's amazing about this is when you think about it, so the movie's made 19 years after World War II ends, you know what I mean? So, you know, the Cold War, obviously in the midst of the Cold War, I mean, we, you know, us in the 80s always, we did have that fear, you know, of, of something happening, right. something could go wrong. But it, at no. that point, when this came out in the 64, it was crazy because it was so close yeah. to so close coming off with, you know, right in the midst of the Cold War at the beginning of it when it was really, really hot and heavy. So, you know, there must have been such a fear that that actually could happen when this movie came out, you know? Yeah. It's a black car. I read something where it said, like, it actually did change some policies. Like, people looked at... Yeah, I almost sent that to you guys today. It was like, uh, said... Because you saw the dis- disclaimer, I'll get to the disclaimer at the beginning that said uh, U.S. Air Force would, you know, advise, they said they would prevent such, you know, safeguards that couldn't happen. But there was another thing. There, there, so the article I saw today said everything in Dr. Strangelove basically was true as far as it could, it could yeah. happen. And there was something like a doomsday machine and all of that. So like I said, it, it's not, I agree. It's not like an easy watch. It's, um, if you, it's not completely rewatchable except for every scene with, you know, sellers, every and version of sellers. George C. So. Scott is brilliant. So the thing about George C. Scott, his performance, which we'll get to, I guess he, he said he never worked with Kubrick again after this, they, they played chess and they would, you know, they played chess and Kubrick would beat him said he never played before he would beat him and say i, I want you to do play the play the scene this way or, uh and he told him he was just just to play it like goofy and he wasn't going to use it in the movie he said that you know just yeah i want to get a bunch of different things and he i want you to play it as goofy as possible which is how his character was his character was hilarious all over the top yeah but he was really i, I thought he was brilliant awesome just, the, whole, the whole introduction of him was hilarious. Yes. yes Even was, that uh, way of doing that, where it was all through the secretary, uh-huh. yep. that was just like, and just his exactly. voice off screen, like, you know, take a message. Yes. And, and then, yeah. And Peter Sellers was in all three of his roles. It was supposed to be, he was supposed to also play uh, Colonel Kong. Is that what it's uh, King Kong? Which, which I uh, love the names. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very, they're almost. Mel Brooks, Mel Grano, yeah, you know what I mean, like right. a little over the top. But I think so, George C. Scott and Sellers actually wrote the screenplay as well, Mikey. Like they, I read that too today. Well, George, I, Peter Sellers, Peter Sellers improvised just about everything he did. Yes, Peter. They, yeah, they didn't write the screenplay, but Peter Sellers improvised uh that you know in the war room besides the great the great line that we'll get to i think everything in like a bunch of his the phone call was improvised 
He did such a good job on the phone calls. It reminded me of Bob Newhart was famous for the pause, the stuttering, the stuttering. stammering, and the stuttering on the phone calls. And Peter Sellers, you know, just knocks it out, knocks it out and of the he, park. Dimitri, for me, for me, growing up watching the Pink Panther, right, I I didn't put that the two and two together that he was actually in this movie either. But he was a ridiculous actor. He was. Like he was, he was probably was. one of the most gifted comedic actors. You can put him up there as all you know all time. Yeah. He died too young. He died yeah, in 50, Fifty-two, I think. Yeah. But. Yeah, a lot of range on 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 him and this just in this movie alone, obviously. Right. Yeah. So you want to get into it? Let's yep. do it. So it starts with the disclaimer I mentioned that said US Air Force would prevent such such happening, such events. They have safeguards, nobody it's not based on anybody real. And then they the announcer talking about the doomsday device, um, showing that cool shot above the clouds. Um, and then they, they, you have the classical, is like a classical music. I don't know if it's, I guess the song is it rains, you get wet, but it, it has the, it shows the two planes, a lot of sexual innuendo in this, in this the, movie, the, as we could tell. The, just, of the plane the fuel. Planes. Yeah, shows that. And then it has pretty, the, the graphics were pretty cool for the. Um, they just look the like time. they were handwritten. Yes, yeah. exactly. I thought that was very cool. So then it goes, starts with uh, Mandrake getting a call from Ripper. Peter, Peter Sellers plays, he, so he plays Mandrake pretty straight. You know what I mean? Like, yep. doesn't, doesn't do much. And like I was He's just reacting he, to everything Ripper, Ripper's yes, very, ridiculousness. Yep. Very formal. He's a, you know, he's a RAF commander on the, uh, so it's officers exchange program, whatever the hell that is. And his accent, right? <laughs> his accent reminded me of um, oh, the 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 soldier in um, in Inglorious Bastards, old chap. I just waiting for him to say old chap. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't see that, Mikey. That very formal British kind of. No, my, my brain is my brain is mush, but uh, yeah, I know who I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, so. He gets the call. Mandrake says, you know my voice. Uh, I puts the base on condition red. It's not an exercise. He said, it's, 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 it's pretty serious. We're getting attacked. Uh, plan R to the to the wing. That's, you know. So I guess the analysis notes that they, um, the, the B-52s are always, in yeah. 24 hours, they have them on patrol in the air. And it's 16%. 16 times all the bombs of a World War II bomber. Um, and they're all two two hours from their targets inside, inside of Russia. Times. Yeah. So really... And then he says... I'm sorry. I was just going to say, really, this whole movie is because of a madman general's... Right. Like, yeah, so much something. So much different from today's, you know, today's environment. Right. Exactly. Kim Jong-un yeah. Jong and everyone else. Yeah, perfect. Yes, def definitely yeah. completely different. So... <laughs> So, and then he tells them to take all the radios. No offense you know, to all our North Korean fans who are listening. I don't know if they yes. get podcasts, but if you're out there, we love you. I know. This, this is going to be a big geo, geopolitical uh, pod tonight. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, obviously the movie has a lot of geopolitics. But so 
he tells him to take all the radios. He doesn't want them to hear that there's really no attack by the Ruskies. And um, so the next scene goes to, you see Slim Pickens, who's great in this. He's looking at a Playboy. Um, now, it's, yep. the, the, the centerfold in the Playboy? Oh, I, I did, it's the woman who's the... Uh, the secretary at the beginning. Secretary. Yeah, she's the only woman in the whole movie. Yep. She plays both, you know, on on paper and in the uh, in Bucks, right? In Bucks yeah. in Buck Turgis. Um, so yeah. So then Major Kong gets the gets the gets the message, and he's you know says you better. He, he's like, I told you, I don't want you guys horsing around. He checks the code, makes them get the confirmation. James Earl Jones, I think his first role. He's really yeah, young. In this. So young, man. But his voice, yep. once you hear his voice, you're like, yep, that's definitely him. Yeah. Puts on his, so Slim puts on his cowboy hat, makes a speech. Um, folks counting, folks back at home counting on you. <laughs> and um, so then the, the next scene is Buck Turgeson's secretary in her bikini. Um, which, looked, which looked a lot like Natalie Wood. I had to look her up to see who it was. Yeah, she she did she did have some of that. Uh, Sally yeah. uh, She was in a couple of big movies, but you you know Buck Turgeson, very uh, very manly <laughs> name, obviously. <laughs> um, again, the a lot of innuendos, you know, blatant names. So, but she she was great. How she would sound very professional, you know, generally, you know, yeah. General Turgeson is is you know predisposed at the moment. He says you can call back. So, uh, you know, they tell him tell him what's going on. And finally, he comes out with his shorts and we get to see we get to see George C. With his uh, shirt open. And then uh, he was pretty young in that, in that movie, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was. And then he, he says he needs to go to over to the war room. It was like two thirty or whatever. And he says, uh, I just might mosey over to for a few minutes and see what's up over there. <laughs> he says, oh, he says, you start your countdown before Bucky says blast off. Yeah. <laughs> that just sets his character up perfectly. A little corny. Yes. <laughs> um, so then you have Ripper talking to his troops. Fucking maniac is uh, oh my God. Yeah. telling them they're going to look just like army uniforms and, you know, fire upon everyone that's within 200 200 yards. Uh, Mandrake, so Mandrake comes in. I found a radio. It must be a, must be a fake. You know, there's, they, they have no report of this. It must be. Yeah. So that's when he has him close the door. I guess, well, I guess it switches back to the B-52. Goes back and forth a lot. And they, they read the, the prefix. They read the code, which has to start with that three-digit code. The, that's how they know it's real. Yep. And read, they read the code and conf confirm it. it. Starts with OPE, which is you know purity of essence mixed <laughs> up, which we'll get to. That's one of the greatest. And we, we don't want to miss the, uh, the all the signs of peace is our profession. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I guess Definitely. was actually the real signs at the base there. I believe it. Right. So why why did he look? Look, I'm not I'm not a super fan of this movie, so I can't pretend to know everything about it. But why did he go crazy in this general? Why did he go crazy? I yeah. think he just was crazy. I think he's that just was crazy yeah. because he said, 
we'll, we'll get to it later, but he said during the physical, after the physical act of lovemaking, that he oh, felt tired. But he doesn't give and him he, his essence, does he? <laughs> he thinks, he gives her, Mikey, do you deny women your essence? I was going to ask you that when we get to that. I'm not sure I even know how to I'm give not. it. Mikey doesn't even have essence. So he's batshit crazy. Yeah, right. you know, I think that's like, just, and it's just like, hey, this is what could happen when a batshit crazy guy. Yes. Has this, what, this shouldn't happen when just one, you know, one loose right. cannon. So he's, yes, he thinks they're poisoning fluoridation. We'll, we'll get into that because he gives him a nice little speech where Mandrake is great. Marcel is as great as Mandrake. And um, so this, this is when, so Mandrake is, you know, is in the room. He says it thinks it's an exercise. Um, has him close the door. This is, he said, uh, we really don't want to start a nuclear war unless we have to. I would say something's gone terribly wrong somewhere. Fastbender, that's who it was from, uh, I forget his, I forget his name in, in Glorious Bastards, but yes, he was very proper. Uh, this, and take, so take it easy, Captain, and make me a drink of green alcohol and rainwater. <laughs> it's the only thing, you know, it's the only thing. And that stood out. Has. I'm like, what the hell? The rainwater? That. It's the only thing you can trust. Yeah. So Mandrake says it's his duty to order a recall code. He says it's uh, too late. Shows him the gun. That's when you they do a close up on Sterling Hayden, and you see what a lunatic he's it he is. Um, says president's meeting right now, and they'll realize we already you know we already have total commitments. And it says he says something about politicians can't be left to make these decisions. It has to be generals. Says the, you know the, the commies want to impurify our, our bodily our bodily fluids. The fluids, yep. <laughs> so then this is probably the this this is uh, where it gets great, I think, in the war room. And this, you know, I I kind of wish I saw this in the movies. Not you know, not that I would have been able to, but just look cool with the cinematography, yep. seeing the black and white, seeing the huge shot of the war room, seeing them. Yeah. Um, all in the, the best, war room. So my favorite character in the movie. I don't know if it's the best one. Oh, the president. Oh, my father. Oh, muffler. President. <laughs> no, president Merkin Muffler. Like, Muff. do, do you? I mean, you know what a yeah. Merkin is? No. Yeah. Merkin is a pubic wig that women would wear. <laughs> yeah. And then his and name, his last name is Muff. Muff. Yeah. Merkin Muff. Muffler. Not, not very, you know, but not very subtle with their right. names yeah. either. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's subtle. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So, but they so drop then, it so uh, later on when he's trying to call him. That's the only time they say his name, right? When he tries yes, to call I him on the paper. So, right? yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's classic. So, um, so Buck gives him, Buck gives him the report, tells him what's happening, and um, President says, "Why am I the only one not to? You know, I'm, I should be the only one to order a nuclear strike." And Buck reminds him of. Uh, specifics of provision of uh, provision of plan R, uh, which says if the important people are all dead, basically, you know, some of the, they can still strike. That's how. Which he approved. Yep. Right. So they can still retaliate. So basically to safeguard if, if they take out the, the Pentagon or something. So can't communicate with them once they go code received the radio switch to cmr 114 that's where they have to get that three letter prefix which is what buck only buck knows i mean only um 
Ripper knows. Now that's CRM 144. I've talked to you about that recently because on Doc Brown's amp in Back to the Future, one of the switches, CRM 144. Really? From Dr. Strangelove. Yep. What is that? That's just, that's, they, it's just one switch on the amp that Marty flips. It says CRM 144. That's just a callback to that from Dr. Oh, Strangelove. Oh, I didn't, there. no, no, I didn't know if it stood for something. Oh, I, I have no idea what it stands for. It's just. It's just they, you know, whatever they use it there, they put it in Back to the Future too. So Mech is cool. Or the nice, nice throwback. So then Buck says if it, it's going to take, uh, no, the president says it's going to take two and a half days to get through all the codes, I believe. Or, and then uh, he's like, how long to reach Russia? 18 minutes from now, sir. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, we, I didn't mention Buck with the, with the chewing gum. Lots of sticks of gum. And Buck, and was Buck, Buck was for this attack. He Correct. he was for he's like look if we're if we're gonna go this far it's just easier if we oh he's a lunatic yeah. yeah I'll get to it he's a, he's a fucking nut too so um this is this is one of my favorite parts this whole thing is my like one of my favorite parts but when Buck reads the transcript of General Ripper to the president I have a portion of the transcript of that uh, conversation if you'd like me to read it read it. <clears throat> the duty officer asked General Ripper to confirm the fact that he had issued the bill code, and he said, uh, Yes, gentlemen, they are on their way in, and no one can bring them back. For the sake of our country and our way of life, I suggest you get the rest of SAC in after them. Otherwise, we will be totally destroyed by red retaliation. Uh, my boys will give you the best kind of start, 1,400 megatons worth. And you sure as hell won't stop them now. <laughs> uh, so let's get going. There's no other choice. God willing, we will prevail in peace and freedom from fear and in true health through the purity and essence of our natural fluids. God bless you all. And he hung up. We're still trying to figure out the meaning of that last phrase. There's nothing to figure out, General Turgidson. This man is obviously a psychotic. Well, I'd like to hold off judgment on a thing like that, sir, until all the facts are in. Of what he says, uh, I don't, you know, it's a long speech, and then he says, it ends, through the purity and essence of our natural, and then Buck, like, with a long pause, fluids. <laughs> right. Looks at the present. <laughs> God bless you. And then the president says, there's nothing to figure out. This man's obviously a psychotic. And Buck, with a great line, he said, I, I would hold off judgment until we have all the facts. <laughs> right. I, think, I don't think, oh, and then, and then he says, this is, I, this is a catastrophe, General. How, how do we, you know, this, this is a disaster. This, you know, that this, this was able to happen. And he said, I don't think it's fair to condemn the whole program, sir, because right. of a single mix-up. He's just like he's so. <laughs> he's ju didn't he justify the amount of casualties and the, the deaths and everything? He justified. Yeah, he gets well. Well, he gets to that. So, president's mad. Uh, that's when he <laughs> his secretary calls him. Can't talk now, baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, right in the war room. He 
didn't he say he was gonna marry her too? Like he was gonna make her legit. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, Mrs. Turgeonson, right? Did he say Mrs. Buck Turgeonson? Yeah, Mrs. Buck Turgeonson. So what's great? And this, and then uh, the president asked the army army commander, you know, what if they can they can you know take over the the base, and I think it's Buck that says, uh, "My boys can can brush them aside." So it's kind of like. Kind of like a dick measuring yeah. contest oh, right arrogant. there between yeah. the two. Yeah. So then, but then this is when he said, "We have a we have a decision to make here." Right. You know, we can we can do that. We can wipe. We can strike and wipe them out and get ninety percent of their their nukes. He said, basically saying, "I need to start. We need to start it first. Right. He sees so, it as an opportunity. Yeah, and this is great. He, he says we need to choose between twenty million or one hundred and fifty million. <laughs> and this is this this little interaction is great. Peter Sellers, president, says, um, "I'm not going down. I'm not going down in history as the biggest mass murderer since Adolf Hitler." And and he gives him that look, and he's like, "Perhaps if you weren't concerned, if you were concerned more about the American people than you your image in the history books." It's like. Uh, the balls on that guy. Yeah. So then, um, then he he says the the Russian ambassador is going to be able to come in and Buck's like you you got to be got to be shitting me you giving you getting him and, and you letting him see the the big board the big board the, big, the board. big board that's great. And then do you hear you know another over the top name get get Premier Kiss off on the uh, on the phone. Then they go to the B-52. Major Khan goes over the survival kit. He goes over all the rations. What do they got? They have um, rupal, rupees, gold. Yep. Well, they gum. have the, you know they have the rations, the antibiotics, morphine, all the pep pills, sleeping pills. Miniature Russian book, which is the little Bible, and, and it's a Bible. Yeah. And Pro- uh, right, rupals, different, different, different types of money. Um, let me stop that. Then you have the issue of, you know, nine pack of uh, prophylactics. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> three lipsticks, three lipsticks, and three nylon stockings. And then he says, a "Fella could have a good t- good weekend." And he says, "Vegas." Did you notice his lips? I don't know if you read into that at all. No. He said he actually said, "Fella could have a good weekend in Dallas." With all okay. that, he's from Dallas. So the movie was made. In '63, Vegas was a big deal. JFK, KFC, JFK was shot in November, so it's it's you know they had to they that was one thing they they changed in the movie. But you could see his lips; they didn't really do a great job. Oh wow! He says Dallas. Yeah, he says Dallas, and he you know they dub over uh, Vegas. So. Then you then you meet the ambassador complaining about the food. Everybody's such an asshole in this, obviously. Like all the politicians, he wants Cuban cigar. He wants a Cuban cigar, and the other the other guy says, uh, "How about a Jamaican, Jamaican cigar?" Yeah. yeah, I don't want a cigar made by what did he fascist stooges? He said, "Oh, only by commie stooges." Yeah. And then um, Buck calls him a degenerate atheist commie and that's when they start fighting and he says look what i found on him 
And this is the famous line, gentlemen, you can't fight in the war room. Yeah. There's no fighting in the <laughs> Excuse me. Claims, you know, he says he, he planted the planted the camera, this clumsy fool. And then kiss off. They finally get kiss offs on the line. They switch back to the base. The army's arriving. This this scene, the, the, the this kind this stuff took a little is a little drawn out. You know what I mean? On the Shooting, rear watch. Yeah. I don't know if you guys agree. The that was a little drawn out. Yeah. I, but I, I mean, actually, yeah. Go ahead. I, know, I was going to say, I, I, you know, it's Kubrick, very thorough, but just on the rewatch, you're like, I, I kind of am like, all right, let's get to, let's get to some more dialogue. It's, you know, it's basically when the army is advancing. I mean, I mean, obviously you need to show it. They need to show that just like they showed the, the plane and everything, which happens later. And yep. um, are we are we on the conversation yet with the president? This is that? this is the scene. Yep. First, the I, I, first the ambassador talks to him. He says, "Be careful, Mr. President. I think he's drunk." I I I'm going to be honest. I've never seen a scene where someone's talking on a phone. <laughs> you can't hear the other person talking at all. Do a better job than Peter Sellers did. Be careful, Mr. President. I think he's drunk. Hello. Uh, hello, De hello, Dimitri. Listen, I, I can't hear too well. Do you suppose you could turn the music down just a little? Oh, oh that's much better. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Fine, I can hear you now, Dimitri. Clear and plain and coming through fine. I'm coming through fine too, eh? Good, then... Well, then, as you say, we're both coming through fine. Good. Well, it's good that you're fine, and, and I'm fine. I agree with you. It's great to be fine. <laughs> now then, Dimitri, you know how we've always talked about the possibility of something going wrong with the bomb. The bomb, Dimitri. The hydrogen bomb. Well, now, what happened is um, one of our base commanders he had a sort of well he went a little funny in the head you know just a little funny and uh he went and did a silly thing well i'll tell you what he did he ordered his planes to attack your country uh, well let me finish dimitri let me finish dimitri well listen how do you think i feel about it can you imagine how I feel about it, Dimitri? Why do you think I'm calling you? Just to say hello? Of course I like to speak to you. Of course I like to say hello. Not now, but any time, Dimitri. I'm just calling up to tell you something terrible has happened. It's a friendly call. Of course it's a friendly call. Listen, if it wasn't friendly, you probably wouldn't have even got it. They will not reach their targets for at least another hour. I am, I am positive, Dimitri. Listen, I've been all over this with your ambassador. It is not a trick. Well, I'll tell you, we'd like to give your air staff a complete rundown on the targets, the flight plans, and the defensive systems of the planes. Yes, I mean, if we're unable to recall the planes, then I'd say that, uh, well, I, we're just gonna have to help you destroy them, Dimitri. I know there are boys. 
All right, well, listen, now, who should we call? Who should we call, Dimitri? The, what, the people, you, sorry, you faded away there. The People's Central Air Defense Headquarters. Where is that, Dimitri? In Omsk, right? Yes. Oh, you're calling first, will you? Uh-huh. Listen, do you happen to have the phone number on you, Dimitri? What? I see. Just ask for Omsk information. I'm sorry, too, Dimitri. I'm very sorry. All right, you're sorrier than I am. But I am sorry as well. I am as sorry as you are, Dimitri. Don't say that you're more sorry than I am, because I'm capable of being just as sorry as you are. So we're both sorry, all right? All right. I, it was it, perfect. It was close. Like, I, me- like I mentioned, Bob Newhart was famous for that, but he was so, his pausing, his, his stuttering, he just, he, it just like he, he was, I, I don't know, you know, how long. It was, like a general, it was a general conversation between two people not talking about the end of the world, really. Right. Yep. <laughs> oh, it was hilarious. And it was, uh, I, I guess it was, it was mostly ad libbed. You know, it was mostly <laughs> improvised there, too. Right. My general, my general went a little crazy. And he, you know, he's, he's <laughs> sending a, a, a bomber to your, to, we'll be there in two hours. Rest <laughs> yeah. your country. It's just so funny how they even start the conversation. I can't, I, can you turn the music down, Dimitri? And he said, and then he says, I can hear you well. We're both coming in loud and clear, aren't we? And that's when he says, well, one of our base commanders, he, well, he went a little funny in the head. Just, just a little funny. He went and, and did a, um, he went and did a silly thing. He went, <laughs> did, went and did a silly thing. So funny. Well, he ordered his planes. To attack your country. <laughs> so yeah, so he went a little funny. Right. It did a silly little thing. And then you have the back and forth. Well, how do you think I feel? So good. And then we're gonna have to help you destroy them. But and you yeah, see George C. Scott's um reaction like, to that. He's pissed off and like rolling his eyes. I am as sorry as you are, Dimitri. <laughs> yeah, I, I really think I think he was nominated for an Oscar. Peter he, was nom- he was nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, yeah this yeah. George C. Scott should have too, but um, he's actually nominated three times for an Oscar. Who? Um, what's his Peter name? Sellers? Peter Sellers. Yeah, yeah. In a Golden Globe, he won a Golden Globe. I love well, it. Ben's awkward. Don't say you're more sorry than I am, because I'm capable of being yeah. just as sorry as you are. So we're both sorry, all right? Okay, yeah. but hold on. But, but he was like, I, I didn't just call to say hello. He was like, I'd like to, I, I would like to you know, yeah. say hello. Of course I would just call to say hi. <laughs> but this isn't that. Unreal. Then he says, the pre- Dimitri tells him uh, he has to call, he needs to call uh, the base. Or I, I, he basically has to call them to give them coordinates, whatever. And Dimitri tells him to call Romsk. Romsk, is that the information? Yeah. It's just, it's just great. And then, oh yeah. And then he gives the phone back to the ambassador and he tells them the doomsday machine. And that's like the ambassador that didn't know. No biggie. Doomsday machine just destroys all yeah. human and all, animal life. All human and animal life on the planet. 
keeps it radioactive for what 93 years okay, okay but the doctor strange we lost you he dropped his phone in the toilet he's not in the yeah. tub is he no it's that would, but again that would that would keep him awake that would have been at least that would have been a, a cool little twist I, I'm, I'm back no I, he was he was creepy as shit did he not creep you guys out course that was the whole i think the whole point that's his i i noticed that he, he barely like, used he barely moved his fucking lips it was great wait say that again dr strange love the character barely moved his lips when talking all right i'm sorry we it didn't was, get to him yet though i don't do they you ask that yet? He, at again? one point, we do see him in the background when George C. Scott is. I think he might have been on the oh, phone yeah, with yeah. the girl or something. He's just. Sitting, I love it. I was like wondering, there, like, is that, that a different face. person? Right. <laughs> but then, okay, so well, they get to that soon. But they have next. Rip is talking to Mandrake, asking him if he ever saw a commie drink water. Tells him about the fluoridation. This is great. I, I think Sellers was uh, kind of underrated as Mandrake because his, you know, his. His Doctor Strange love stuff is is awesome, over the top, and the president is so funny on the phone. But Mandrake is you know straight all the time, and then just doing his laughing, you know, yeah, as yeah. as he's listening to Ripper, and uh, he's like chuckling, telling about fluoridation, and then you, then the bullets you know start coming through the window. Ripper gets out his golf clubs, which is like a big a Browning M nineteen or something. Yeah. I don't know. yeah, and then he has him help with help help with the belt says we gotta get the gotta get them red coats or something the red coats right. coming yep right the red coats are coming. uh back to the war room that's when you know the ambassador's telling about the whole uh, about the doomsday saying the, within 10 months the whole surface of the earth can't survive um he, no sir it's not a it's not a thing a sane man would do you know would trigger the doomsday machine it, it triggers automatically <laughs> Designed designed to explode if it, if someone tries to disarm it, and then they're afraid of the doomsday gap, which was funny. And then then, then they bring Doctor Strange Strange Love in. Do we have anything like that? You know, Doctor Strange Love praising the uh, praising the doomsday machine, and then saying why why was it, you know why it, it would only work if other people knew about it. And he gives him the. He said, "We we were we were about to announce it on Monday." Right. <laughs> it's just funny that the whole movie, or the title of the movie, is this. Guys, guys. Yeah. Oh yeah, is, yeah, exactly. Who is fairly inconsequential. Right. Why they? Why was that, anyways? Just. I don't know. I don't know, just, Mike. What do you think? Just I a think funny. Just a great name. great name. I think that maybe that's why they add the or you know or. Was that um, character in the book? I don't think. No, I think they made that all up. I think the book was pretty straight laced, oh, okay. like by the books kind of thing. Yeah, it was so. But it was. It's kind of funny how when we get to it later, when he Strange was talking at the end. But you know, obviously a Nazi calls him mein Führer <laughs> a couple of times. I'm sorry, Mr. President. And this is all improvised by Sellers too. Um, but it's funny because you know. Government did did have some ex Nazis working right working for them definitely had some ex Nazis scientists working for them and uh, okay so then you get back to the base 
after he says it was to be announced on Monday, fighting at the base, he uh, then then he tells him, "When did you fr first come up with the theory, Jack?" Mandrake's asking him, and that's when he says, "During the physical act, oh, during the physical work. act of love." <laughs> that's when he's, you know, I deny, I don't, uh, I did, I, you know, women, women uh, want my presence, but he says, "I, I deny them my essence." Whew. he must have felt like so weird it's like saying these lines are so out it's so out there especially in 1964 63 right right that right it's, it's so right so serious it does a great job it's a good point mikey very risky. sorry sorry i'm drinking my my pure rainwater. um so then he hears the firing stop and he's like oh my men have surrendered he's worried about the torture He's like, have you ever been tortured? You know, Mandrake. And this is Mandrake's like, oh, let's, let's, uh, wants to talk him into, he, he wants to call, you know, let's, yeah, let's exactly. recall the, the bombers now, you know, it's, it's all over, you know. He's starting He's to feel like we're good. Uh, and Mandrake clueless when Jack goes into the bathroom. Oh, you're going to, he says, you got to wash up, huh? Goes, <laughs> okay, let me, and then before you hear the gunshot, oh, let me see if I can guess the code. And you get the gunshot. Boom. Yep. And then this part's a little long, and the, you know the B fifty two is flying and worst the, the, worst worst visual of any plane flying. Yeah. It's movie. it's this was a little dated. You see the you see, it's a little dated. I mean, it's probably accurate. It felt like animated or something. <laughs> probably <laughs> accurate, like yeah. as far as the oh, you mean I thought you meant the radar and stuff like that. So they no. so they take a hit and um, they you know they. Planes going down, and this, you know, like I said, it was a little dated, but in the pot's a little long. I mean, that's well shot, probably good effects from back then. And they, they, they put out the fire, and they're still flying. And then Mandrake figures out finally the code, the code, because he's writing it down. And that's and, when uh, Bat Guano comes in. Bat <laughs> Guano, Keenan Wynn. Do you remember him? He was an actor. Uh, he been looked a bunch of kind of familiar, but I don't think I know him from anything really. Yeah, been in a bunch of things, and uh, he's he's a nut job. He's great. Um, he says he had one of my favorite lines actually in the movie. The one you deviated prevert. Oh, you're gonna have to answer to the exactly. You have to answer the Coca Cola. Company. So he so he says I, he comes in. He says, "Who are you? Where's General? Where's General Ripper? He he, he thinks he killed General Ripper. Right, it's like what kind of uniform is that?" Like, why would they have the whole, uh, right? Really, not the brightest bulb. I think you, I think you were one of those deviated preverts, he says. Call him a prevert. Uh, guys, just obviously an idiot. He, and then he, he's like, he wants, Mandrake wants to talk to the president because Ripper, you know, obviously Ripper wanted to, you know, the president wanted to talk to Ripper. So Ripper's not here. So I'm next. So let me, let me talk to the president and tries to call. He says, there's a phone box there. Talk about, you know, in a telephone booth. Um, station to station operator? he's trying to come up with, tries to collect call. They won't, needs to change. And he goes, yeah, I don't, you think I'd go into combat with change, with loose change? Okay, but let me ask you a question. Why did he keep thinking that, uh, what's his name, was a, was a pervert? Like, if you try anything funny, it's just random. It was just Probably, it, it, is that what they think of, you know, British people, I don't British, know. Right, maybe, right, maybe it's, you know. And the way he was calling him a pervert, I was cracking, I don't know why. Because he was a prevert, yeah. Oh, it was funny. And then he, so he's, he's 
finally Mandrake gets mad. He says, I want you to shoot that Coke machine. And then he yells at me. It's private says, property. Private property. <laughs> he says, that's what the bullets, I want you to shoot him. Yeah, that's what the bullets are for you, twit. And they, that's when he says, if they don't take your call, you're going to have to answer to the Coca-Cola company, mister. It's great. So a little slapsticky when you you see the it's Coke great, shooting his yeah. face. A little uh, vaudevillian, but good stuff. Um, so all the planes are recalled. They're all they're all celebrating. Turgidson's leading them in, in prayer, and they, they get a call from Dimitri. And uh, he says, one of the, you know, there's still a plane. He's like, that's impossible. We, you know, you, sh you shut them all, shut them all down, and then we recalled the rest. And he's like, oh, he only shot down three, not four. And he, it's oh, this too is low, it's under radar. Yeah. Well, is this going to set off the doomsday machine? Look, Dimitri, it's not going to help either one of us if, if the doom machine goes off, is it? <laughs> and he tells them to put everything they have into those two sectors. Then they go to the plane. So they ran out, they're running out of fuel. So they just. But okay, but let me ask you a question. Did we, did we miss the part where George C. Scott was talking about the plane and how is it going to get through? Or was that. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. It's the very next scene after it shows uh, we, you know, the president says, put everything you have into those two sectors. Then it goes back and Major Kong says, we ain't, we ain't come this far just to dump this thing in the drink. So he wants to get the new target. Then it goes back to the war room and, and uh, they're asking general if they have a chance of, you know, <laughs> if he can make it. And he's all excited. Hell yeah, they got a chance. He sees what he's saying. It, it's yeah, that was good, yeah. It's brilliant. Brilliant by George C. Scott. It's fantastic if I haven't said and that you, yet. You, you, you've earned it. it, it the movie's earned it. The movie has earned it. And then uh, they show back to the B-52. Go yes. through all the, all the gauges. The bomb doors aren't opening. That's what, oh yeah, they show all the testing on the gauges. James L. Jones, bomb's not opening. He says, I'm going down below. They show the two bombs. Hi there, and dear John. Uh, circuits are all, all blown. And that's, I mean, talk about an iconic scene. Where he fixes it. Fixes it. it but I mean, it's, it's really just kind of amazing. When you see that, you're like, what? Like, when I first watched it, I'm like, holy shit, what am I looking at? I've only seen that. I saw that movie for the first time last week. But that scene, you see everywhere. Yep. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And he's he's riding the riding the bomb. Just yeah. so great how they do that. And then uh, you see the explosion, and then they go back to the war room, and um, they go back to the war room. And this is when Doctor Strange Love starts telling them about his mind, the mind shafts. This was deep. great because you realize it's a man's world. They're like. Oh, oh yeah like we could do this oh, oh okay yeah and he's saying and it's basically like you know genetics and eugenic eugenics yeah. you know saying we're gonna get the best people it's very not you know the nazi stuff 10 good looking and, women uh, for every one man right yeah and then he, dr strangelove does the great stuff where he stands you know where he stands up i, I can walk that final line he, my fear i can he's walk fighting, he's fighting with his with his with his hand and even the president so the president he, um, the ambassador, the um, Buck, they're all excited. They're like 10 men, you know, yeah. unfortunately we're not going to be, be able to practice monogamy. 
So they're fighting, they're fighting in the doomsday. That's what the, basically the thing is. They're fighting and the doomsday goes off and they play, they play, uh, we'll meet again and shows all the bombs, but that's basically what happened. It's that's the end. It yeah. just shows that well, even I, they fucked that up. I think the, um, I think I read in that scene, they had like six cameras going on sellers, quick cuts because people were reacting and laughing to the, all the things he was doing while he was doing. Oh, really? I think in one oh, scene, the yeah. Russian guy, you can almost see him start to break. Oh, he's yeah. doing one of the my fury puts the arm down, and that arm had like a mind of its own. It's he was like, choking himself, and yeah. then he was biting the hand. It was and, like the Nazi arm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of improv there, but yeah, that's the and the and the scene ends with the with the bombs, and it's uh, obviously very uh, the end of the world. Yes, movie scared a lot of people, but I just thought you know it was. Uh, it was worth doing it. One of the all-time classics. You didn't even ask what the Rotten Tomatoes score, which which I happen to see. Uh, 92. Yeah. Was it 92? 92, no, no. 92 no, no. you say? No, no. 98. No, it's 98. 98. 92. I'm sorry. 92 is for next week's movie. Sorry, guys. Oh, you're jumping ahead. You're jumping ahead. Well, Chris made me think about next week's movie a lot today. But we'll talk about it later. Well, well yeah. Well, well, Mikey's going to announce it right now. So, but that was it. right now. Put a okay, well, go ahead. But put a ball on... Dr. Strangelove, classic. All right. I, I want to say this. I want to say that it wasn't my favorite, right? But I definitely appreciated the characters. And I definitely appreciated the time of that movie. Like that was that was that was so quintessential of the time, I guess. Yeah, no, right. It was it was yeah. like some of it was dated. I'm with you. Some of it was dated, but very important movie. Hilarious, unbelievable and, job by and it probably yeah, it probably made the people of that generation feel a little better about what they were going through with that Cold War because it was at the peak. It was at this peak by better that or worse. <laughs> I think better yeah. because yeah. the Bay of Pigs started, the Bay of Pigs already happened, correct? Yeah. So that well, was tumultuous. So JFK was gone. So yeah, yeah, it was no, it was a Bay of Pigs. Definitely, what was a Bay of Pigs type of thing. And so, one thing yeah. I haven't. I, I, I didn't watch it yet. I don't know if I've ever seen it. The, the movie was supposed to end in like a pie fighting scene. Oh, right. Yeah, and I didn't mention it. that. So my, my daughter keeps bugging me about <laughs> the dog has to go out. But um, right, it was supposed to, I mean, right. I don't know how that would have been. It was supposed to be a pie fight. It was a little room. too silly, they said. Or and then, and then one of the pies was supposed to go hit the president and they would have said, and the general was supposed to say, he was cut down too too young in his prime, right? Yeah, in his prime, right? So they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they didn't want to do that. Yep. So, um, yeah. So why don't you announce what we're doing next? Yes. So uh, as this film uh, was was done in the '60s and took place in the '60s, we're actually staying in the '60s in the time period, but we're moving up to 2019 when this film was released. Our next movie, our next fine movie to enjoy, is the 2019 James Mangold film starring. Christian Bale and oh Matt God. Damon, Ford v Ferrari. Nice. Which, I'm very excited. Very excited to do the fifth best movie from 90, 2019. Okay. Damn. Cut the shit. It, was, it was 92 and Rotten Tomatoes. And I was looking at Parasite. Parasite was 98. I tried. Who cares about Rotten Tomatoes, Tomatoes anyways? But Listen, I don't care either. Uh, you could say Parasite was better. I well, it is better. Why we, I'm, not here to dis, I'm not here to dismerch uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah, and they all, they all next yeah, they all owe it to the but I'm going to tell you uh, what I love about that movie. So, 
Mikey, do you think? Look, I think we did it. We uh, we we had some fine spirits. This was a this was an episode without any of David's children barging in. No toenail clipping, no sleeping. He didn't do it in the bathtub. He threatened to do it in the bathtub today. None of that happened. I think we nailed it. Uh, so I just want to say thank you guys for listening and subscribing. Um, anything you want to say? Closing uh, comments, Chris? Have a good night. That's that's killer, killer stuff. Uh, and David, uh, why don't you say good I'm goodbye, halfway out the door. I'm sorry. Say goodbye, David. Goodbye, guys. So close. One day he'll get it. We talk about great movies while drinking. We talk about great movies while drinking. Yeah, we talk about great movies while drinking. And we feel fine. I'm just kidding. Shall we get the ball rolling? Yeah. All right. I'm recording. Okay. I'm going to have a much shorter introduction this week because of that asshole Dave made me feel self-conscious. You should have. Good. You sounded like an idiot last oh, week. Oh, you fucking ruined it already. Bad non-experts.